Hi, I'm Paul Warren. And I'm Ryan Klein. And this is another episode of SEO is Dead and Other Lies. Ryan, how are you doing on this glorious day? You know, it's pretty good. I just, uh, based off your advice, decided to post a Diners, Drive-Ins, and Knives meme on Reddit. We're not going to go there. We have a lot of exciting things to talk about, like UCF football. So, UCF football, Paul. Ryan, this is not a football podcast. I know, but we used to talk about more. We're just excited. After watching that UMUF game, we're just really amped for UCF. But you know what else we're amped about? Link building. Oh, yeah. That's so good segue. If you're, right? li- if you're listening out there, this is a link building episode. Today, we're going to be talking about kind of how, how links evolved and where they're at now and where we think they're going to go in the future. Yeah, I, I think this is a good podcast. Once we were deliberating, done deliberating several minutes ago, and then I was trying to get fired up about my idea. But we're going to talk about my idea in the next few weeks. But this podcast is good to kind of evaluate what links kind of exist in the past, especially today, kind of what you can expect in the future and what we think is garbage and what we think is probably where it's going to go. Yeah. Also, we'll probably run through a few questions that are pretty continually asked to me and I guess across the internet, different message boards, forums, things like that about links. But before we dive into that, let's talk a little bit of link history. Ryan, tell us where it all started. (laughs) <laughs> uh, well, links probably all started, I like to say probably because I don't have any true documentation in front of me, but it um, has a lot to do with it being you know, integral to algorithms that were trying to decide how to position websites and search results. And algorithms started to integrate authority. And one of the best ways to quantify authority is uh, not only the quantity of links, but also the quality of links. And I'm sure when algorithms started, it was probably very heavily on the, on the quantity side and not the quality side. Thus, uh, link farms, spam links, a lot, a lot of links from a lot of places that really didn't offer any value whatsoever, but that quantity probably came into play. And for a long time, websites were ranking because of a huge volume of links. And then yeah, just the sheer number was the highest ranking signal. So back in the day, they really saw a, a, a link as a vote and not necessarily like one was potentially more important than the other. I remember when you could just get link links in like comment spam. Like that was a thing. That was a tactic that worked. People still do that though. <laughs> what? Well, people still do blog commenting. <laughs> I don't know why it doesn't work anymore. I don't um, want to get too far ahead, but I, I think it has just to do with the, with the really short criteria. A, they're legitimate websites. B, some of them are do follow. And, and C, the contextual link within the comment is kind of makes sense. And then people just kind of break it down that way and are like, why not, right? But let's not get too far ahead. Yeah, I think it really... It really evolves and really all of SEO and Google evolves because when people figure out an easy way to manipulate the system, they do what all people do. They go overboard. They do it as much as possible. And then Google has to respond. So when people figured out if you added more links, you could rank something and then make money off of it. They're like, man, we got to like figure out how to curb this, how to like stop people from just ripping us off and by extension ripping random people doing searches off. Well, yeah, I'm sure that just back in the day, and this is kind of going a little bit previous to when I started, probably a little bit previous to you as well, just a little bit back, maybe like in the 
2004, 2005, maybe, you know, around that time, if you look to a search result and the number you know, one, two, and three results were trash websites that offer no value and it was very spammy, I'm sure that Google and other search engines were just like, okay, there's a reason based off our algorithm that these guys are above, you know, these are terrible websites, look at their backlink prof uh, profile and are just like, oh, these are just terrible links. We're going to have to make adjustments. Yeah. So now uh, in the current world, right? Usually the harder it is to get a link, the more value that it, that it gives you. But it took Google a long time to figure out that that was how they needed to weight the value of links, right? So I remember personally submitting links to directories. There were so many different directories out there. And we would submit links, uh, manually build links all day long, uh, finding these stupid niche directories that existed. And then eventually, you know, they all just got completely devalued. And then the next thing that we saw was guest posting. So I guess really before that, um, you know, there was a lot of automated software that like went and built links, however it built links. And then, you know, we also built links, um, not with automated software, but essentially like really crappy links on like high domain websites that you could just maybe build like profile links for. So we definitely did that too. But all those things just slowly began to get devalued as time went on. And so pretty much Google just looks at it. Hey, if someone can manually make this link within a couple of minutes, it's not going to provide you any value. Yeah. And I think that has a little bit to do with like the OBL the outbound links. Um, I think that's one maybe quick cursory way that Google is able to be like, okay, there's a high OBL. It's really easy to get links here. We're going to assume that like the value of each link is probably going to be diminished unless the website is just insanely like high authority, high value. You know, imagine getting a link from Wikipedia would be sweet, even though they probably have a bit, like a bazillion extra links, but because it's Wikipedia. But if it's like a, a load, you know, we can use some metrics. Um, you know, some people like uh, PADA. I prefer uh, TFCF, Trust Flow, Citation Flow. They're, they're all just, you know, preferable metrics. Um, but yeah, if you're talking about like a low TFCF, and it has a ton of outbound links, yeah, that's when the value gets pretty diminished. Yeah. And then also, you know, Google's looking at your backlink profile. Um, so if you're a website, it's also looking at your outbound links. And, you know, when you sign up for Google Analytics, one of the things that are usually overlooked is that Google asks you to tell you the segmentation of your website, right? They say, like, what's this website about? What's your niche, right? And people just tell them that. And, you know, they're using that information too, they know what your website's about. So if they see a bunch of outbound links that you have, that go to a bunch of non-related things, you know, there's, there's more like crazy outbound links than there are inbound links even. Um, it's pretty easy to set the algorithm off and tell them that like, that's just completely unnatural. And so I think like, in, you know, like entire domains are devalued because they have terrible outbound links and even crazier inbound links. That's a, that's a kind of interesting point. I, I kind of like looked at that from like an internal data standpoint, not as much as a designation for like the official purpose and industry of the website. Um, it was kind of maybe like more my understanding that they looked at it semantically. So if you know, you have a, a website that your, your blogs are consistently using keywords like lawyer, attorney, law firm, they're like, this is probably some sort of like law firm website. So then if you link out to a law firm website, that symbiosis makes sense. If you get a link from a legal website, it's almost like it's augmented. Um, and this is something we can go into like a little bit more detail um, because I don't think that we talked about this at great length, but when you're a law firm, 
<laughs> I just default to law firm legal marketing debt. But um, if you're a law firm and you're getting all your links from other legal resources, legal blogs, and other law firms, I tend to think that the value is almost augmented because of the purpose of the original originating link or the originating content. Oh, no, I think that you definitely want to get links from things that are natural to link to you and, and your niche, right? Um, I think it makes sense for that. I think like if you're a lawyer and there's a random blog post on a yoga website about like, you know, how to sustain poses and then links back to your website from a guest profile. I don't think that Google values that link very much anymore because it can tell that it's completely unrelated. It can look contextually at what the links are and it can say like, Hey, this doesn't mesh well into our algorithm of like providing value. And so I think that, yeah, if, if you have things, you know, that are within your niche that are linking back to you and it's contextual, that's, that's what you want more than anything. Yeah. And, and that's why we don't really do content. When I say don't really, we don't at all use content spinners anymore because mm-hmm. contextually the post doesn't make sense. <laughs> so when it's getting, you know, crawl, well, from a manual standpoint, it's done. So like if anyone ever manually crawled, you know, took a look at it, it'd be, that'd be done. It'd be red flag that'd be taken down. Um, but even for spinning, I mean, the words and adjectives and, and everything about it kind of throws off that contextual uh, link. And, you know, once it gets crawled, it links to you that the, the originating context doesn't even make sense. And that's almost what you're saying too with yoga. Even if you do, you know, get a guest post on a yoga website and you, you want to take it, you know, to the highest you know, level you can and say, you know, if you're uh, injured doing a downward dog and you need a personal injury lawyer, contact us today. Like, okay, that technically kind of makes sense, but the, the whole, you know, gist of the blog made zero sense from a legal standpoint. And also the, the entire concept of the website doesn't make sense from, a, from like a linking standpoint, you know? Yeah. And then the, the problem is too, you know, I, we talked about this on a previous episode um, when we had our guest on, right? Is like people were just getting free content and like they still do that. Like people still have right for us on their websites, right? Because they don't want to have to pay for the content and they're like, hey, I'll give you a link if you write a 500 to 600 page blog post or whatever. And, you know, that's still like a thing that happens to this day, especially from like small businesses. They, they do that all the time. And they're going to look at that and be like, hey, that doesn't make sense. There's like 70 articles about whatever. And they all link to random different things and aren't related. And this isn't a news website. You know, this is definitely like a healthcare niche website. And it's like rankings of all of these non-related healthcare things. And I think it just becomes a pretty obvious backlink profile for you that's like unnatural. Well, one way to absolutely confirm the fact that Google looks at the semantic significance of a website. So all you have to do is go to search console or webmaster tools or whatever you want to call it. And it'll tell you what, what are the keywords that are pretty much mentioned the most on your website. And there's no way that Google is not using that data. So if you're a law firm, it's like, okay, you say law firm the most, you say lawyer, you say legal help, you say contact us, you say consultation. If you go yoga, it's going to talk about all the poses. If you go to diners, drive-ins and dives, it's going to talk about Guy Fieri and Flavortown. So it, it knows like semantically what you're all about. So people get really hung up um, a lot on like the link portfolio. Like I have to get you know, links from all these different places, whether they be citations or direct, you know, directories or their websites. Um, but people should kind of be a little bit more hung up on like the industry and the purpose of the websites you're getting links from too. Yeah, absolutely. Where do you think the state of links are right now? If I was like, Ryan, here's $5,000, go get me some links, take care of links. How are you going to do it? Man, there's, well, there's different approaches. 
I'll tell you my first approach because I don't want to talk for 15 minutes straight. Um, but I tend, because we're very focused um, on a local standpoint, that I do kind of put more emphasis on the link building, keeping some aspects of local in mind. Um, mm-hmm. So you would, it, well, actually, you would be very similar. <laughs> so, you know, this this might not apply to like e-commerce and not, might not apply to um, websites with like 100 million pages. Um, but for me, like the majority of, you know, websites, there are a lot of small to medium sized businesses. Um, I love to start a foundation that has to do with like citation packages. Um, so citations can pretty much um, apply to most industries, you know, across the board. Um, so some sort of like packages, maybe you can go on like five, I don't know about Fiverr. I think we have some su- success in legit. Um, maybe you'll find like someone on black hat world. And for the record, and we've said this before, black hat world doesn't mean it's black hat. It's just a lot of high level SEO services oftentimes. So don't be scared of the black hat part. Um, but I think, um, and then if you want to keep it like real, <laughs> like totally real and spend more money, maybe like doing a bright local or a white spark or something, but we always spend some sort of foundation on citations. Mm-hmm. And when you move on to directories, you want it to be industry specific. So that'd be the start. That's like my basis, my first layer. Yeah. Well, directories for, I mean, you're really just speaking from a local standpoint. I'm a believer that good content that is promoted. I don't want to just say good content now, uh, just for the sake of good content, because there's tons and tons of great articles out there that never get a single link built to them. Right. Um, but good content that can be used across different mediums in different ways and by different types of people. And by types of people, I mean like a casual blogger to a reporter uh, is going to give you more links than and more higher domain and like high quality links than if you're like kind of building them, you know, like you're doing a guest post outreach bull crap. Or even if you're building your own, honestly, or if you're like buying them from from like a vendor or something like that. Um, I know like uh, anytime you can do like a cool research study on your industry that you have like information on, like maybe you have information from customers. And if you compare that, I don't necessarily want to say infographic. I have recently done an infographic that worked out really, really well. Um, Do you want to elaborate that just super quickly or are we going to go too off topic? Because I'm always interested in in, uh, mediums that are slowly being forgotten actually working today infographics well the people were just making infographics because they were like a buzz term right and what you really need to think about it doesn't even have to be an infographic it just has to be an easy way to represent complex data right and so i i think whenever i'm going to do something like the holy grail of getting some links right is maybe dotty to use or like something like a news website, right? Like CNN or like a Forbes or something. Like if you were, if you had to go out and buy really, really ex- high quality links and you were going to pay like $4,000, $5,000 a link, which is an unheard of for Forbes and stuff like that. Like, you know, what type of information would a reporter want that would just write an article on that, on that website for free. Right. So I try and put myself in like that mindset uh, and like the, what type of information can I provide? And so we chose an infographic as the medium for this. You don't necessarily have to. It can be a blog post. It can be like a video. It can be like a lot of different things or like a a video within a blog post, right? Obviously, it has to be something on your website. Um, But, you know, we worked with a company that helped us create uh, the research that was in it. You know, we used customer data that we had. And, you know, I would say like the average domain authority for the links that they've gotten, and it was over 20, the average domain authority 
was like 67, which that's is pretty, pretty high. Really high. I mean, most, most people in the lifetime of their website don't get a single link that's above 40. Yeah. And, and we, we had one as high as like 82 or something in there. Um, you know, so it was a pretty successful. One. So if you had to put a monetary value on it, it was way more than what we paid for the design of the infographic, the research to be done on it and the outreach to be done on it. But yeah, so, you know, so for me, uh, the value that we got from that, I don't even think I could get it going out there and buying it. Uh, but I definitely, if I could get it, I definitely couldn't get it at a budget of like $5,000. I mean, it sounds like you're kind of talking about the, the route where if you can position yourself as, as already like a thought leader for what you do, I mean, of course, leveraging that is extremely uh, important. You know, if you're already to speaking engagements or anything of that sort, you're already well on your way to be able to get links, plenty of links organically. Um, you know, what about people that are just like, uh, like a mom and pop or small operation really don't have any clout in their community or any data to use? Ah. How do these people gain their, their links, <laughs> their links nowadays? Uh, I mean, how are they getting their links? Well, there's a lot of local opportunities available to you. Um, you know, if you are lucky enough to be in a town that has a college in it, there's probably some sort of club or whatever uh, that you can like sponsor or just give like space to for them to have like meetings or whatever. And so that's a real quick and easy way to get some .edu links. Um, you can even offer like a small $500 scholarship and get tons and tons of .edu links just by offering someone $500 for whatever like a merit-based scholarship. I'm not talking about scholarship. That's trash. <laughs> nah, it's, it works great. It still works great. Uh, uh -huh. links work great. Uh, Most black I mean, hat link building that, of all time. That is not black hat. Oh my God. Well, yeah, it is. It's we already said like, there is no such thing as black hat or white hat link building. No, no, there's no such thing as white hat. There, it's all black hat is the thing. You yeah, want so it's all any. black hat. <laughs> yeah, yeah, scholarships. That's cool. So if you're if you're a plumber and you can do like a future plumbers of America scholarship, if it's a thing, then do it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, I don't. I don't want to reiterate like all the random ways that We've people covered a lot of these links. a lot of link building topics yeah. in the past. I Let's, mean, but honestly, if I have a small business. Uh, and, and it's not local, which, you know, would be interesting. Uh, I'm going to go to like legit and I'm going to buy a PBN package is what I'm going to do. I'm going to buy Ooh, pretty good PBN. What a PBN is a private blog network. Why, why is that so bad? Why do people shy away from that? Why do people know. say that is the ultimate, the pinnacle, the apex of black hat link building? What is the, oh, it's so is bad. It? It's, it's, it's the but, worst. But, all, but the thing is, is that they're, they're, they're all them. legit websites. The thing is, is like, <laughs> if you just put up an old website and you print build it exactly how it existed with all the same content, with all the same purpose, and all you're doing is doing a couple blogs on it. What does that make you evil? Are you like evil mastermind of a link building? What, why do we have to bring ethics into this? That's what to, I'm saying. I'm trying to make like, a website. I don't, I don't get it. You know, it's just all about diversity. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't understand what it, I, I don't get it either. Um, you know, it, and like, we're all just trying to game the system. That's all SEOs are trying to do. It's not like anyone will particularly provide a better service than the other. I mean, you know, we, Ryan and I both worked in the legal niche. I think that I worked for a very good lawyer, but I don't know if he was better than the lawyer down the street. I just know that we had to outrank that lawyer, right? That wasn't really like the question. Well, because you kind of have like tunnel vision and then you're what you're, <laughs> you're in a position where your compensation bonuses recognition is all based off of your results. So you're going to have kind of like hone in and drill in on a very specific function 
and kind yeah. of not look at what else is going on around you. And ultimately, people like you can be a restaurant that serves the best pizza in the city, but you might not rank in the top three of your local stuff, so no one finds us to that. But that isn't fair. That isn't like morally right either for Google to do that because it doesn't care. It's not basing its stuff on moral decisions. It's just basing it on its like cold equation. That, it's algorithmic uh, equation going on there. That, so, did I, did I ever tell you about? Do you know that my aunt is a uh, Harvard-educated uh, immigration lawyer in DC? No. Yeah. So uh, when she found out what I was doing for a living, she was so disappointed because <laughs> I was working <laughs> in house for you know PI in South Florida, and we reconnected after not talking for some time. And the first email is just like, you know, you're. Uh, you know, you're a master's educated dude and you really have to like succumb to the level of doing like gimmicky marketing for a PI firm. And I'm like, whoa, <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's like pretty intense, you know, A, I got to make a living and B, I mean, you don't know the first thing about these lawyers, you don't know what kind of marketing to do. And we went back and forth and ultimately she was just like, I just think it stinks that the best lawyers out there have to still participate on something as like Neanderthal as marketing. And I'm like, oh, I don't know what to tell you. You're talking to your, your nephew right now. Yeah. And I'm like, well, what, what, what makes someone the best lawyer? Is it like the success they've had in cases? Well, how do they get cases? Yeah. I mean, this could be like one of those things that where, why some lawyers, rightfully so. I mean, I completely understand where they're going from, coming from. It should be based off the, the merit of their legal abilities. I, I get that, of course. It's just that's the nature of the industry. It's as simple as that. That's just how it is. So you either do or you don't. Right. Yeah. Well, so, so, you know, if you're out there and you're, you're thinking about link building, all you should be thinking about is, is this the right thing to plug into this algorithm to get me where I need to go? So let me mention a couple new link building strategies. I know this, um, this podcast, you know, kind of going different directions, but it's always bringing it home to links. So let me tell you about a new thing. You probably know about it or have seen it before, but one interesting approach to link building I've seen um, become more prevalent. It's actually kind of twofold or maybe even more than that, but it's basically like reaching out to people in a certain niche. Let's say it's like my agency. I'm trying to reach out to lawyers instead of doing like a hard sell or, or, or trying to do a, a soft sell, a soft pitch, trying to schedule anything. It's just like, Hey, listen, I would want your take. Can you, do you mind like filling out this three question survey about something that's not like super related? Like it doesn't have to be marketing. And then if you fill out the survey, I'm going to publish like the top 50 and then I'll link to your firm. And then most lawyers are a little bit savvy enough to like, oh, I get a link, a link is good. So what happens is when you do that, you create this page on your website. I'd assume that you would index it, being no indexing, it would be kind of, or kind of nefarious, but um, you list them all out and these lawyers are like, cool, I was featured on the blog and a lot will link to it. Being that like, yeah. oh, I got the mention here. Yeah, I mean, you know, lawyers uh, love publicity generally. Um, especially, but that, can, but that can work in plenty of industries, mostly, mostly professional, I'd say, but yeah, you know what? I would say anyone that's taking the time to do that in most industries would, would probably link back to you. So, you know, that's a, that's a good little strategy to suggest there. And it can yeah. be done in a lot of different niches. Yeah. I mean, absolutely. I mean, imagine you create the page as 50 people on it. You know, you, you do OBL 50, whatever. It doesn't really affect you that much. And, and maybe like 10 or 15 link back to that page. That's pretty sweet. Plus you're also creating that relationship with them. You now you're connected, you know, in different ways. And then if you want to reach back out for any particular reason, um, now you're technically uh, acquainted and have that. Introduction. You know, it's not just link building, it's relationship building. 
Wow. Is the future relationship building? No, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> so, so what's, what is the future? So you want to, do you have any other uh, link building tidbits? That one is a new one I shared with the. Um, no, I think that's a good one. I, you know, we've covered link building uh, techniques, local and just larger scale ones. And even for like enterprise level stuff at some point, um, you know, you can check back, man, we're, I think we're, we're at like 43 podcasts now. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it's a lot to, to search back through, but do it anyways and listen to it. Um, Cause we definitely covered like a lot of these, a lot of these tactics and stuff. And if you guys have any questions about how to do any of these things, um, you can just hit Ryan or I up and we're happy to like talk about here on the podcast. Yeah. Um, maybe we'll reference like when we talked about PBNs more so you can have more in depth, we can reference back to um, gain more edus and dot orgs and dot biz links. Uh, we can reference uh, the time that we talked to Swan about uh, the 5k, which we actually talked about for 10 or 12 minutes straight. Which is like okay, let's get five k just to get links. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I kind of like the idea. It was a pretty good one. Um, I, I like that idea. I like it a lot. Um, we'll do one. Yeah, we, we sort of covered all this, but let's let's move on to you know where we think link building is going to go. In the, for the foreseeable future, link building is still Google and other search engines' number one way of kind of gauging how authoritative you are and on-site. I think we know, and then we were talking to Jeff, structured data is going to become much more important. I think that people are going to revisit on-site again. I'm not, I don't, I don't want to make uh, predictions because we're going to do all podcasts for that, right, Paul? Links are always going to be important. I'm just curious about how they're going to pull in um, Google on-site again, and then some more technical, and then how content is going to come back into play a little bit stronger. Yeah. <clears throat> so here's what I think is, is going to happen. It, Keep in mind, the long-term goal for Google is to make everyone be in paid search, right? Because um, they get money. The only reason that people like Google's SERP results aren't 100% paid now is because people don't trust ads, right? And that's why you've seen the, the evolution of paid search ads become almost indistinguishable from the SERPs, from just the organic rankings, right? Like it's almost, you can't even tell now. I think all it says is like right next to it says add. Um, and it's the same color. It's the same font. Um, it's just at the top, right? But, you know, if one through 10 was just a bidding placement on the front page of the SERPs and people trusted it, Google would love that. So, you know, they're slowly easing us into like going into that situation. I don't know if it'll ever really get there. We'll ever be able to convince human beings to like, to be okay with all that. Maybe someday. Um, but just keep in mind, like, that's what they want to go to. So, like, currently, though, there's no way for them to not use links in their algorithm. They would have to fundamentally completely change their ranking algorithm to something I don't even know. I mean, I think that's what a part of, like, Rank Brain was already, is, like, trying to do, right? Yeah. Uh, with, yeah. like, predictive modeling. And the in-between all of this that I think will have high importance and actually have legit ranking value actually will be social signals at some point. Um, I mean, right now, um, they generally say that like, there is no like correlation between social signals and rankings. Um, I think the industry, you know, practitioners were a little divided on whether that's true or not. Um, but I think like at some point in the future, it it absolutely will be a large ranking factor for, for any, anywhere in the SERPs. I actually think that social signals have been um, a component of rankings or at least trending rankings for a while. 
Um, it's just extremely hard to quantify it. And I just don't think it's been as significant as like just traditional backlinks. And that's why people just kind of focus on backlinks because it's just like, I am getting a lot of success from just the strategy. I don't have to necessarily do social signals. I think that they just do have an impact because I, frankly, I see just too many packages <laughs> on like Fiverr yeah. and, and legit and anywhere I've gone, it's, it's either there's a specific thing just for social signals and that's coming from Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram, maybe. Um, and then also it's just a component of an overall package. So it's like, Oh, you know, you do your favorite blog commenting, maybe um, some bookmarking, which I forget what the hell that is to be honest. And then signals and backlinks. So it's always a component of what pretty technical SEOs tend to discuss. Mm -hmm. And I just don't think that people just do it for the hell of it. I think that there's a reason. Yeah. And then I, I think the other thing that we're, we're seeing happen uh, in the local space is slowly but surely um, the citation, citation value is being decreased. Um, I think, you know, Google's becoming better and better at using user data to verify like information about businesses. Um, you know, like even now they use like users to like quanti like uh, to, to review things, to review changes to, to businesses, to review mm -hmm. edits and stuff like that. So I think we're, we're going to get to the point in the next few years where they're not going to care about third party um, data sources um, and the local algorithm, especially not like when, when we first started, I mean, that was like, pretty much the most important thing was making sure your nap info was consistent on all the citation sources. But I yeah. think, you know, we're, we're slowly getting to the point where they're just completely devaluing those sources altogether, which is actually kind of nice when you think about it because cool. it's a giant panty in the butt um, to have to maintain those things and then have like something like Yext that goes out. And, well, no, well, we don't like Yext because they're, you pay, you know, four or $600 a year and they handcuff you to it and they're going to delete it all or reverse it if you don't pay them anymore. Um, I actually think that I don't really consider citations to be any sort of like authoritative thing. Um, I'm sure that you could build 200, 300 citations to website and your citation flow or trust flow would go up zero. I think that's a possibility. <laughs> um, so I don't really see it from an authoritative uh, standpoint. Uh, we're seeing more and more that if you try to claim a business that doesn't have existing citations for a while that are solidified and indexed, that it's almost impossible to get legitimate verification in a timely manner. So I think that it's kind of going in the direction where you create all the citations for a business you anticipate uh, verifying, you, you let it get indexed, you let Google pick up on it, then create the listing, then you claim it. And um, are you f you're familiar with that process or that, that approach people are taking? Oh, uh, no, I, I haven't done that. Yeah. So it's, it's kind of link building and it's more citation building, but um, yeah, people are just having a lot of difficulty with the verification of brand new businesses at, at locations where Google doesn't associate the name with, with the citations. So hmm. we're building it in advance, let it index, let Google pick up on it, then go later and be like, Hey, I'm going to verify it. And Google's like, Oh, cool. Like I saw that already. And then it gets verified. I think, yeah. I think that's one way that they still kind of are putting some weight into citations. I just don't think there's much else going into it as far as maybe like authority or any other benefits. I mean, I think they're just like not going to even look at them anymore. Um, I mean, and a lot of those websites uh, were like, they're not kept up well. They're not very user friendly, you know, like, like there's like decks, like what, what was some of the other like 
really annoying ones that you had to deal with, you know, like hot frog, you know? Um, <laughs> oh man. Like man, remember Manta? Yeah. Manta. There's just Trash. like, I remember, search. I remember talking to Manta reps and it's like, Oh my gosh, what do you even do for a living? Like what yeah. do you, do? you talk to like three people a week? Like what is this? Website? And, it, and they used to be important because they would also potentially drive traffic, but like people don't really use those anymore. They just go to Google. I mean, Google's all of the things that you need to know about a business, its name, its address, its phone number, reviews about it, a star rating, um, all that stuff, you know, related businesses to it. All the stuff is like right there. So people just don't go to like those other websites to get information about them. I mean, like I think Yelp, uh, Yelp's like fundamentally changing their entire setup and how people can search and adding all these features just because they're so far behind the local game now. Um, maybe not necessarily from a ranking standpoint. I mean, obviously they don't, you know, they don't have a map pack and they're not a search engine, but like they just have so much less traffic than they used to do because of Google my business. Um, and so I can only imagine, you know, if you're Yelp, you're pretty much the second biggest thing in the local review space. Um, I mean, I, I imagine if you were like the third or fourth or fifth in that space, I mean, you're pretty much gone. Man, I was just talking about Yelp with uh, with a client today. And uh, as much, I don't want to get too sidetracked, but as much as I hate it, um, or everyone hates it and everyone that listens hopefully hates it. Um, they're saying that actually in California that uh, a third of all their leads are coming from a social uh, channel are still Yelp. And it's, and I was like, oh man, I wish you didn't tell me that. Cause we're just so like, you know, let's, uh, when we're going to generate reviews, we're going to focus on, you know, Google, Facebook, elsewhere that's industry specific. Let's just, uh, not try to say one of the Y words, but, uh, man, it's tricky. I can't believe Yelp is still around. Maybe they're just really bad at tracking lead sources and it's hopefully, not Yelp. Yeah. Hopefully it's Yext or Yahoo um, or YP. Oh, one thing that's funny about citations, especially Yext is um, people like, if there's anything that people really freak out about the most out of almost anything is like running their website or their address through like one of those like citation checkers and seeing it say how many things are, are like missing information or, or not set up and all that. Oh man, people go nuts when they see those kinds of results. And are people like overreacting you think, or is it something that they really have to urgently address? Well, I mean, first look at your rankings. Um, it could, it right now it still can be an issue. It's still an issue. If you have like duplicate stuff, especially if you have du- duplicate um, Google listings, right? Like that's like the biggest thing. If you have that's like, that duplicate. is definitely the biggest is duplicate. Yes. Yeah. Uh, but like, you know, if you were to use something like Moz local, like half the time, the ones that they have in there, it's like not even connected to like Moz local, you know? And it's like, oh, you it can't connect to Yelp to show you if you have one right now or these other ones are down, you know? So, I mean, they're, those tools are, are really not great most of the time. I think it's a giant fear tactic. That's my point. I think so too. Um, okay, the future of links. So how in the world are... Are links going to play into voice search? So when voice search is going to be prominent, I don't know. Definitely not this year. Not really next year. Next five years, sure. I don't. How are links are? I think that you know, based off a conversation with uh, Jeff Atkinson over at uh, Huckabye, I do think that structured data is going to be on the forefront along alongside link building for those kinds of searches, and that's well, something important to consider. I think it's going to be you know all things being equal, meaning you all have structured data on your site, everything will, it's fine. 
they're going to go with the highest ranking organic website most yeah. of the time. I think it'll, it is. It'll probably just be like, you know, <clears throat> like a, like a checklist, you know, y- y'all have the same structured data check now who has highest authority or the yeah. most reviews or the most aggregated in the um, websites, the review aggregator that matters. And, um, but yeah, that will be something different to consider. Yeah. Or if it, so either it's going to, it's either going to come down to organic ranking, which again is going to be links or it's going to come down to most authoritative, which again is going to be links. So either way, it's going to come down to links. What would be like any situation where it would be feasible for links not to exist anymore? Um, Or or like, or like just emphasize their authority tremendously. A completely new algorithm that's just based off of user behavior. I mean, there just can be like a hierarchy. On-page behavior. Yeah, that's a good point. That's the only way I could, I could see that like I, evolving. I could just, I mean, I, I'd see it as results are somehow, I mean, we've been talking about how results are going to change themselves in the next few years, and we can't really like conceptualize what that yeah. would look like. But if you don't have a one through 10, then you don't have what links most important purposes to yeah kind of demonstrate I, authority and then rank i don't know how they would I, I don't know i mean maybe maybe in the future they'll just go based off content like content and then how users interact with it and then you could get a completely different search result like domain authority all that stuff is gone uh and they just look at like how users interact with that web page once they get served it once the, for that query. Yeah. I mean, one thing that I could see happening, this is like complete conjecture, but um, imagine, you know, you have your results and then someone pub- is like a brand new website. They publish an article that's for a high keyword and then it gets served like immediately to the top. And like you said, depending on how people interact, if it's trash, it just freaking plummets. And if it's actually pretty good, then it kind of hangs around for a bit. Yeah, that'd be kind of a bizarre concept, you know. You publish I mean, something sort of like rank brain, then you know. Yeah, I mean, it's just like, hey, this guy published this topic. Let's give it a shot. Let's put it in front of people. I mean, when you think about it, there is this whole concept about how people spend a lot of time and energy and resources crafting like really, really great content, but because their website is predisposed to a low authority, it'll never see the light of day for most people. So that concept alone is kind of like disheartening and, and kind of not really unfair. It's just like, you know, what's, what's the point? Yeah. So how, how do you make that content shine if you don't know anything I, about SEO? <laughs> I think that, I think that could potentially be something. I don't know. Who knows? Who knows? I'm, Who can predict these things? I know. No, we are, you know, it's going to be immortalized right now. And then we're going to be right in two years. But I mean, the idea is like pretty interesting um, that just because something is highly authoritative, they're always going to rank pretty well for any content they produce. Yeah. But often things that are high authoritative don't always have good content at all. Well, that's the point too. It's just like, if it's like highly authoritative and they already, you know, people already know it'll probably rank pretty well if they write about it, that doesn't really give you an incentive to put your heart and soul into it all the time. Whereas someone that, you know, someone can create a website and write the best content about a subject matter for like five years straight, but they they just don't know anything about SEO and never build authority. And and then it never gets traffic. And that, you know, those, both those ideas are a little bizarre and has a lot to do with because of links. Yeah. I mean, links is the ultimate like uh, game changer really right now. You can change your domain authority. You can change 
change your rankings. You really can manipulate a lot of stuff with it. <clears throat> so bottom line, if your website's not really doing anything and you're not really afraid of penalties or trashing your website, just go on legit.com. I don't know how many G's or T's or I's it has and just buy like five packages, drip them over about three months for different keywords and then see what happens. Yeah. Also, you know, don't even really worry about, here's the thing with like, you know, we were supposed to talk about this too and we didn't bring it up. I wouldn't worry about disavowing links. Honestly, I just <laughs> would not, I would not worry about it. Um, the real time, like uh, penguin algorithm is pretty good at just devaluing things that it thinks are spammy and not de-indexing sites that they're, they're pointing to. Right. So, you know, back in the day, yeah, it was a huge problem. You're worried about toxic backlinks. Um, you're worried about disavowing that stuff and you're worried about like getting super penalized and getting de-indexed. And that just really isn't the case like it used to be anymore. Um, so, you know, I see questions about this and I was asked this just the other day. Um, you know, don't really worry about it unless there, there are plenty of backlink profiles that have toxic backlinks in it. In it. I mean, you can't control everyone who links to you. Um, just look at it and, and maybe it looks normal. Even if like 4% of your backlink profiles are toxic, that's not an abnormal looking backlink profile, right? Um, what, what you really need to care about is like, what are your anchor texts out there? Does it look like you're manipulating it and putting these anchor texts? Um, you know, like that's more important than anything else. But even then I wouldn't worry about, I wouldn't worry about toxic backlinks anymore. Yeah. I, I mean, I've looked at a lot of prominent websites and I've seen like Russian links. I've seen Indian links. Um, that's not, nor not normal for the, the business that was being conducted whatsoever. Um, I, I guess like, I mean, it's great for peace of mind. It's great if you're like a new SEO starting a job and working on someone being like, oh, look, all these terrible links. I just disavowed them. And they're like, cool, thumbs up. You saved their website or something. <laughs> um, maybe it's just worth visiting it. If it's just like you're in a downward spiral and it's just you're not doing anything whatso weird whatsoever. You didn't make any major adjustments. You know, you're certain, everything has been the status quo. And all of a sudden you're like slowly going down in rankings. I'd kind of like just check it out and see what's going on. I might, maybe, I, I still don't think you even need to devalue them. Maybe you just need to build more better ones, you know? Yeah. That, I mean, that that's true too. I'm like, I'm not as worried about where the links are coming from because Google should be like, okay, these are just like worthless links. That's that. But I am a little bit paranoid about anchor text. So if someone's just like, going to wreck your your link portfolio with just one keyword and like thousands of links i can't imagine that's going to be super good so. all right well you know that's been i think a useful podcast on the nature of backlinks <laughs> i should have drink more water i started getting a little raspy from all the talking yeah hopefully um our listeners got some value out of it you know if you guys ever have any questions about backlinks SEO in general, you know, we're always happy to, uh, to answer fan questions on the air. Um, you know, please hit us up. Uh, we usually won't just say like, this is a fan question. We just kind of work them into like the podcast in there and answer those things. But well, well, I have an, I have an idea. I mean, speaking about getting backlinks, if you've listened this far into the podcast, <laughs> if you send us a question and you have a website, I'll post on the website and you'll get a backlink limited to the, to the first 10 people. And then, then you'll get a link from like a, a PA for a website and that's good, right? Yeah. Yeah. I if guess that we should look up what it is. It's probably about zero through five. Oh. Yeah. But you know, uh, feel free to hit us up at seosdidnotalize at gmail.com or you can hit us up on Facebook or uh, leave a comment on one of our YouTube uh, videos. Uh, we usually get, 
get back to you really, really quickly. Um, you know, we love to hear from our fans out there. Yeah. And, and the interviews have been going um, quite well. They've been running almost an hour and they've been full of information. We're about to post another one. And as always, you know, if you'd like to be a guest and you have a good topic or you know your, your stuff, reach out to us. It's always fun. It's a good time. All right. Well, I'm Paul Warren. And I'm Ryan Klein. And this has been another episode of SEO is Dead and Other Lies. Adios, brother. Bye.